Hello and welcome to another episode of Time Out, the Basketball England podcast. Our latest guest will be a familiar name among British basketball fans as Joe Pynchon joins us on the pod. Joe is well known for his brilliant work over the years with Leicester Riders and other projects, but he's heading for the NBA as he joins up with Chicago Bulls. Basketball England's Ian Cawthorn grabbed a chat with Joe before he headed stateside. Starting lineup for your Chicago Bulls. So, welcome, Joe. I'll start off by saying congratulations. Uh, for those that don't know, Joe's just been appointed by the Chicago Bulls as their manager of digital content. Tell us more about it. How did it come about? Thanks, Ian. Um, well, it came about much like any job. You know, application process. Um, had been to Chicago to visit and they were you know, gracious enough to let me spend a few days there sort of learning from them and, and speaking to their staff and seeing what they do a few years ago. So I had sort of a, a personal relationship with a few of the staff that you know, once, once the job came up, sort of you know, got speaking to them about what it would be like and whether I was a good fit, whether they thought I was a good fit and what, you know, spend time applying and things. So yeah, application process, as you can imagine, from sort of a large organization and a global brand, like really due diligence recruitment process and ton of interviews and conversations. You know, I got the I actually got the job back in um, September when, but obviously being a British guy wanting to work in the US, uh, had to sort of start working through a visa process, um, which you know came came to fruition over over the Christmas holidays and then finally got approved uh, last week so yeah been been a little while in the, in the making but you know really thankful that they were they were happy to wait because there was you know I'm sure in their minds there was definite that if they hired American they would add an extra member of staff you know for the first half of the season and put some extra pressure on people so you know very very grateful for that and yeah head out uh, head out this weekend. How difficult was it to, to come, I mean you're gonna to have to completely uproot yourself and, and head over there how difficult decision was that for you? Not too difficult, just because of the nature of the the role and the people there. Like I said, I know know some of the staff, so I think if this was you know another team and a, and a different city, I visited Chicago a few times with we have some former players that are based in those areas. I visited them there, and then you know it's a nice city, so I, I'd gone for sort of a few days holiday and things in the past. So it's a strange one because as much as it seems you know a very distant world in terms of the NBA and and how they operate and all these things, it. It's quite a comfortable move, I guess, um, in the sense that I know know a lot about the people. Well, I say a lot, you know, a lot more than I would sort of going in blind to a new job. Basically, you know, everyone's been absolutely tremendous throughout the process, as I said already. And, um, I know the city a little bit. I've been to the offices. I've been to the, been to Bulls games in the past. So, yeah, not super difficult in terms of no real sort of nerves and, and things with the organisation, just excitement for the for the role. Obviously, leaving program that I've been involved with for. Twelve and a bit seasons, um, in some way, shape, or form, is a strange uh, undergoing. But I think it's sort of time to to move on. I think as I've always spoken about wanting to go and work in um, you know a country where you know basketball is a little bit more prevalent, and obviously nowhere better to do that than jump straight into the NBA and, and see how things are done there. Well, it's fantastic news, and I'm sure everyone that's in the UK that's followed the stuff you've done is right behind you. Uh, let's start right at the beginning as well. Where did you get into basketball? How did it all start for you? So fir- first experiences of basketball were um, I'm from I'm from Wiltshire, a town called Trowbridge, and yeah, first experience of basketball was with, you know just like any kid I guess, like primary school age. I went along to 
program called at the time called Trowbridge Hawks. I'm not sure what I think they're Wiltshire something now. And a guy called Vince Marion. Super welcoming, super comfortable sessions as a kid. Thoroughly enjoyed them. My younger brother, who was always about the same height as me, even though he's a couple of years younger, would always come along. So it was something we did together and enjoyed. And I then moved to Lincolnshire and there was a lot less basketball on offer. So sort of, you know, continued to be like wanting to play and casually play, but didn't play for a team until until sort of later years of sick, uh, secondary school and sick form. And yeah, started sort of playing, I guess, a little bit more, I'd say seriously, wanting to get better and train more properly. I was still probably wouldn't say properly, but um, more properly, you know, as any, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old kids start to think about, oh, you know, could I get somewhere, whether it's UK or US to scholarship or is there, what's the opportunities to play after leaving sick form and kind of going through that process there. And, and then obviously, you know, you finished playing or you decided that it, it perhaps wasn't going to go where you wanted it to go. How did you transition from on court to off court and, and what you're doing now? Yeah, so after Sipon continued to play at Loughborough, I spent a little bit of time in the summer in the US, sort of trying to pursue different you know, scholarship options and things like that, as, as a lot of guys do. Nothing sort of came about. So yeah, back to, you know, had Loughborough University as a backup, which is pretty, pretty solid option as a backup, although at the time basketball program wasn't as established as as some of the other places in the uk yeah so arrived and so was immediately i guess and by no fault like it's just sort of disgruntled by the state of the game here and i think that almost immediately whilst i was playing started spending a lot of time um, alongside studying off the court pouring into trying to make the program better any way like to start with that was to try and get us out of debt with different uh student unions here and then building things forward so that we had better staffing and you know more full-time coaching opportunities for people as we've gone on in the years and yeah just sort of sort of poured in time as a student was self-aware that enough that i wasn't going to go and make a lot of money playing basketball two terrible ankles and was never great at the game in terms of a player so I wanted to make sure I used the playing opportunities to meet people to network to go and experience things which I did and super grateful for for both in the UK and overseas and then as I was coming towards the end of my studies started to really double down on you know understanding what it takes to run a club understanding the sport development side of trying to push a, a team forward and started looking at options within Loughborough to to move that forward spent my last season sort of playing properly with actually with the Nottingham Hood in one of their first seasons just so I guess to live out that final sort of be able to play and not have to think too much about all the off-court stuff um, which was good fun and then yeah sort of dived into into an off-court role took a job with Loughborough University in their facilities and, and working their events which is a lot of fun and then alongside that was sort of double downside work primarily on shift patterns most of the year so i'd be able to work from sort of you know six till two as a you know junior manager or assistant in one of the facilities here and then literally at two o'clock go across to the sport offices and work from two until practice trying to sort of move the program forward as a, as a volunteer to start with poured in sort of, you know a lot of times and also a lot of people's journeys in basketball in this country and then the relationship with the riders kind of came about around that same time so you know formed a, a partnership between Loughborough and the riders to to really push things forward and the university were in a place that they couldn't buy now um, and were you know open and honest about that which is great and they kind of gave us the flexibility to work in a different way um, which is what um, we've tried to do since then and in terms of forming partnerships in the locality in terms of forming partnerships obviously with the riders um, with Loughborough College with Charmer College and trying to sort of really develop that 16 to 22, 23 year old program 
um, for players and as well as sort of young coaches and, and young professionals in the sport. And I think that sort of because of that and because it was new and because it was really sort of uh, the bare bones of a program at that time. And, you know, we've put some meat on that since then. We're still we still feel we've got a long way to go. But because of that, as a young professional, for me, it allowed me to develop. It allowed me to test things. It allowed me to do things that I kind of wanted to do that hadn't been done maybe before in our program and copy some things from other programs and go and learn from the likes of, you know, Barkin. And Lloyd took some uh, great amount of time to to share what they did down there. Same with Matt Johnson at Reading, really, you know, great day, sort of day or so down with him, sort of learning what they do. So yeah, just tried to sort of go around the country, steal ideas from people and what they were doing, and play my part in our program here as it grew and we added staff members going forward. And then over those years, from an operational standpoint, it was then delivering community programs because that allowed sort of additional funding for roles and delivering things that would grow the game in Leicestershire and national projects like Project 3 on 3. And then from that kind of drifting back into trying to be a bit more, um, trying to push on my own skill set and our brand and our visual image online um, for the riders and for Loughborough and for Charnwood, which obviously is what I'm going on to continue to do now. And I think, again, same thing. It was because of where we were at at the time, me standing on the baseline with an iPhone was an upgrade sort of thing. So, you know, I didn't know how to use DSLR. I didn't know how to use Photoshop extensively as I do now. I didn't know how to edit video properly. Like I was, you know, just with an iPhone really starting to to learn things there. And then it kind of gave me that, again, that freedom to, oh, that's a, a slight upgrade. Let's try and do something more. Okay, let's get you know, a baseline handy cam similar to what Sam Nita does with Hootswick stuff. Like, And then it was, okay, let's, explore DSLR so we get some better photography and develop that and then it was it just sort of snowballed from there into into what you see now it's a really interesting journey you talk about the ways that you've developed over time if you were to speak to an NBL club who doesn't really have that presence and you know they see the things that you do and think oh wow what sort of steps would you give them in the you know in the first instance to try and get themselves on the map a little bit I think that with today's age, you're in a position where you can, depending on uh, if we're talking digitally, you know, there's it's a it's an industry where you can very quickly see the final product that is being put out by teams, right? So compare it to somewhat like coaching, you know, might, you might see a team and how a coach is interacting with that team, but you rarely openly see the processes involved in that. And whilst you maybe not see the choice in, in digital, you can you can quickly see the output and, and kind of work backwards and reverse engineer the processes quite quickly through free resources like YouTube and just Googling how to do things. Um, and that's really like all the digital stuff you see from the riders. For me, it was, is self-taught. It's, you know, getting home from work and spending three hours figuring out how to, to start with. It was to figure out how to Photoshop on a score to a photo. And now, now it's spending that same time to make a player disappear and pop back up on a different part of the court or whatever it might be um and different different programs so i think if i were you know starting over as an nbl team now i think i would go and try and speak to the likes of clubs that are doing things well you know bristol do a great job with their digital presence through their their relationship with bristol sport and the work joel does down there i think the nature of sport means people are very open and happy to share for the most part so start to ask questions, start to learn from others that are doing things that you aspire to do. Um, in the same way that 
Now, I've had great conversations over the years with media managers and, and digital managers from NCAA Division One teams that, you know, we've had players come over for, we've sent players to and, you know, had great discussions with them about what they do and how they do it, learned tons from that. And then if, if you're starting ground zero, then you're in a great place to learn as you go. So I think if you start doing something, you'll start to discover what's works and what's easy to do within the time limits of whether it's a volunteer role or a paid role, whether those, those time limits that everyone in this country is going to have and resource limits they're going to have in terms of equipment, ground zero in terms of this perfect place to start and perfect blank canvas to test new things and, and test what is going to work for them. I think there's, there's easy things that can be done with the quality of, of iPhones nowadays. You see even, you know, huge internet accounts that are standing on base lines with iPhones because it's the quickest way to get clips out if someone does something a little crazy that's going to go viral. So I think most people have some of the tools to at least get started. And then I think from there, they'll learn as they go on what is going to work for them. You know, is it they want to do more photography? Is it they want to do more video? They, you know, need to improve their graphics side of things. And there's great software out there now that doesn't require you to have a great skill set um so we use we use mason which is you know, a graphics graphics product um to be able to kind of update templates with scores and quotes and things like that and most of the stuff that you see go out can be done on that very quickly and easily uh, without any kind of knowledge of photoshop etc and at pretty minimal cost so i think there's it's an ideal opportunity for clubs to be taking steps forward in their digital brand because there's so many free or cheap resources out there I think it can make a big difference in terms of things like attendance at games and the money in from that, whether that's ticket sales or, you know, even things like tuck shop sales or whether it's further down the line, merchandise sales, things like that, whether it's recruitment, whether it's, you know, transition and, and showcasing talent for, for exit routes for your players or coaches or staff. I think there's a lot that can be done. I think it's fair to say that pretty much every UK basketball fan has come across your work in some shape or form, be it, you know, photography, videography, graphics, written content. I noticed you had some podcasts few years back do you have a favorite that you like to do is there anything that you um, particularly like to turn your hand to i like video right now the most the why behind that is because it's, i think it's the most in detail way to tell a story to convey a message so i think the offset of that is the time it takes to do it um and do it well so yeah love love video when i have the time to really kind of get something that is produced to a level that i like and um i love consuming that kind of high-end produced video content from teams overseas and some Premier League teams and things in this country. So, yeah, love love video in terms of speed, love the ability to quickly capture moments in terms of photography. And I think that as much as things drift more and more with video, that there's a place for photography in terms of having that still image to put up on a wall or print out into a program or a newspaper. I think there's, there's a great power in that as well. So like those two more so than than the designing side of things and the written side of things but for me it's always been an enjoyment to test and do all things and learn new things across multiple medias and you know, I've played with augmented reality more recently and, and what's possible with that with again free resources and a little bit of training that you can do online like is pretty pretty crazy I think there's some exciting stuff that hopefully we'll see coming up on that side of things I think it's just that the most enjoyment I get, I think, is more the the learning the new skill and being able to implement that. And I think that also leads to almost the most reaction and the most sort of engagement because it's normally stuff that people don't see as often. So, yeah, I think it's that like that 
ability to learn new skills and just develop as you go um, with digital that is the sort of the most fun part. You've seen a lot of really high profile players on their way to bigger things. How do you feel about your involvement and giving those players a platform and the work you can do to help them get to the places that they're going? Anytime you can help someone like just, you know, whether it's basketball or life is, is obviously a positive thing. I think with today's age, I don't feel that you know, any of those players doing anything is, is credit to me. Like uh, If you're working hard and doing what you need to do as a player now, you're going to be found, like you're going to be able to progress onto things you want to do. So thoroughly enjoy it. If the work I do plays a small part in that, then tremendous. But very much feel this on the on the players and you know the programs they're coming from to be able to you know put in that work and develop how they need to and do the right things that are going to move them on. You've been to China, Paris. Uh, you've done various FIBA work all over Europe. You've got any highlights for places that you've been or places that you love to go? All those places you mentioned were, were <laughs> tremendous. You know, doing stuff with Sam at K54 for Hootsuite is great vibe there. And um, personally, Felix has shifted a little bit with them. You know, they now charge for tickets. It used to be a free event and a bit more of a free-for-all for people to try and get in. Yeah, so lo- love that, other than the uh, very fair skin. So sunburn was very real at those events. Time in China with, with Benny and, and Leaning and Dwayne Wade, CJ McCollum was, was tremendous in terms of seeing you know, how they operate as you know, very high-level professional athletes trying to, trying to hone their craft over the summer, um, whilst also kind of detailing all the um, media and absolutely crazy appearances they do. So yeah, so love love that. Love China. Love like very very different culture to the UK, and you know huge language barrier, huge cultural difference. So any time you can immerse yourself in a new new culture, I think is 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 awesome. Two Six All Star Classic, I think is is an amazing event every summer. It's already like kind of loosely marked on my calendar, waiting for for Sam and Hootsix to to nail the date and get that out, so I can try and look at booking flights back for that. Saying that's somewhere that is. It's managed to capture the energy of youth basketball in this country and put together a very elite and high-level showcase of those athletes whilst maintaining the kind of soul of youth sport and, and Brixton Rec and all those things. So, yeah, I really love that. I love my work with Dan Camp over the years with Steve and Lowell and, and the coaching staff there. Like, you know, it's, there's, not, there's not many things, and I've been fortunate to sort of try and say yes to as many opportunities as they've come and the riders have been you know accommodating to to allow me to do some things in the summer after putting in some crazy hours in the season so just yeah been fortunate that each time i've said yes to something and done something new or gone somewhere new that the opportunity has been enlightening and enhancing for me personally in some way and Hopefully, I've added value for whatever company or people I've been working for in a good way, and they've had me back a lot of times. So hopefully, they've enjoyed my work. And but selfishly for me, I've always taken a lot out of those experiences. The FIBA 3x3 stuff, especially in the last couple of years, has been great. Just to work as part of a bigger team, you know, with the riders, we have great partners in, in five or six, and great people that help around the club with different content on game days and things. But to work sort of as part of a wider team across multiple continents um, when covering events was enhancing in, in a great way to to really see how they operate and the you know the resources they use and how they how they get things done uh, on a bigger scale. So I don't think there's any sort of standout highlights the the success we've had in our program and being able to capture that over the years and again play some some small part in that 
growth and the winning side of things and the success of players being able to move on to things that they wanted to do and things like that has been super, super enhancing for me and really, really rewarding over the years, I think, both for players and staff, and especially in more recent years, we've been able to have staff come into our programme and spend a little time and then move on to things that they were aspiring to do and, and new experiences. So, yeah, just just like all of it. I have, I've had a great journey so far in basketball and uh, painting a, a nice pretty picture absolutely is a brutal grind as anyone i'm sure listeners podcast knows but i think it's yeah super rewarding to be able to do things that you know work in a sport that you love do things that are gonna you know, help people sometimes help yourself sometimes enjoy it uh, yeah it's all been a positive positive experience so far mate. talking about awesome places you've been you must have met some pretty cool people as well i know there's always the odd person that tends to stick in the mind that you think oh that, that was really cool that i'm glad i got to chat to that person is there anyone on your list that you've really enjoyed Yes, and but for different reasons. To see the work that Luol does and, and get to know him on a, a bit more of a personal basis and, and see see kind of his journey and the work that he's doing and how he dealt with you know some tough situations from his playing stance and how he sort of was giving back to the game has been been super super cool. Especially the um, obviously like Den Camp UK's great experience for the top fifty and but the Den Camp in the US for players with South Sudanese heritage is, was really, really insightful just to learn, I guess, in the new culture and learn their experiences of people that have um, you know, come from a refugee background and you know, really trying to do things well and, and loot giving back to that community. It was a super special camp and, and some of those campers, you know, especially like Tech and Touch. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Obviously been fortunate to, you know, interact with a number of super high level players and and coaches and things like that over the years which has been great but people wise you know as the guys around around our program here have been awesome to spend every day day with and you know it doesn't feel like work so as much as conversation with lebron or kevin durant at all star is a, is a cool 30 second snippet for me it's always been more about the day-to-day grind and who you're in the trenches with that sticks in my mind more when you ask something like that so it's the the guys around our program they're trying to do things to push us on and putting in the hours and you know, sitting opposite me in the office at late at night and things like that, that that I value, I guess, a little bit more. You talk about the awesome journey that you've had and you're still quite a young man as well. What do you do when you're not around basketball? There must be something for Joe Pinching when you're not doing that grind. Honestly, mate, it's, it's been life for as long as I can remember now since studying. So, yeah, not a ton to tell in terms of away from basketball life side of things. You know, enjoy, enjoy the game. We've got a program that is extensive enough now that there is a thousand and one things on a to-do list. And I cannot remember a day that I've got to the end of it and thought, oh, yeah, I've managed to accomplish everything and go home and watch some Netflix. Like, there's, there's always something else to be able to do. And I think that we try to keep that mindset, too, even when we are on top of things in terms of the workload. There's always something else you can add to it. There's always something else you can, you know, that extra bit of video, that extra bit of media content learning a new skill to be able to do something in the future like whatever that is there's always a way to grow and I think that that has kind of I've allowed that myself to kind of be I guess be consumed by that kind of lifestyle over the last few years especially and I think that you know the results are shown in the uplift in our content and the opportunities that that's sort of presented to me personally as well. As a person that's gone through your journey and obviously you're off to something new and exciting, what would you say to the youth of today that want to work in sport, want have you know have that interest? What would you say to them? 
make sure you love it because it's a grind. I actually uh, work with, with Loughborough's um, volunteer programs and a few different lecture programs on here to develop sort of different skill sets and assets that they're doing. And I think that the biggest thing that, that we're seeing is the, I guess, almost impatience to, to try and jump into into jobs. You know, I think someone that's kind of gone through it, I think you start to understand that there's people that are going to have like 10 to 15 years plus experience on you. And realistically, whilst there is more and more jobs, there's you know, more and more companies value digital and creative going forwards. Someone has that job. And I think if you're 16, 17 years old, like you've got to, understand that your workload your work output is got to be better than theirs if you want that job and i think that it is becoming it already is very cutthroat and i think it's a trendy thing to be involved in and you're seeing a lot of people get involved a ton of talented people too i think it's pushing the industry forwards i love like being able to connect with people over, over social media and hear what what they're doing and how their journey's going and things and and i, I try and connect with a ton of people that i'm aspiring to 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 grow into so i think for me the biggest thing is just that patience thing you've got to spend a, a lot of time to really hone your craft before someone's willing to pay you to do it and i think that i've paid some of those shoes i still feel like i have a ton to learn but i think if you're going into it fresh and you're new to and you're aspiring to do it in the future i think you've got to understand that it's gonna it's not a short journey you know it's similar to being a player or any any sort of profession you've got to put that you know whatever you believe in but 10,000 hours or however you approach it there's a there's a bunch of time to be put in to develop a skill set and a craft and an understanding to be able to add value to organizations to businesses to charities however you're working going forwards I think that's really valuable advice Uh, you're obviously off to a fantastic next step in your journey and your career what's the future hold for Joe where are you going to go is there anything else you're really looking to achieve Right now, I'm looking to achieve an apartment so that I have somewhere to live in said new opportunity. Yeah, honestly, I think I, I, I've not thought ahead of ahead of the, the Bulls side of things. I think that the BBL versus the NBA is a very different environment. And I think that in the most parts, in a positive way, but I think there's going to be equal hurdles and, and frustrations that are going to have to be dealt with. So I'm interested to see you know, what day-to-day life is like Working in the NBA, you see a lot of job mobility, you see a lot of people um, in and out of the industry and, and moving on. So I'm sure that, and I, I've seen it firsthand, like the, the league is glamorous and the NBA is a glamorous basketball league with some incredible teams. But the lifestyle of working in digital is not glamorous. It's, you know, it's the same long hours I've been putting in here. It's the same grind and thrive, like, thirst for knowledge and thirst for trying to move things forward and what's next and constantly trying to innovate and um, do things that people haven't seen before and things like that so i think right now like my focus is is solely on that and and really you know getting to chicago and, and getting to know the incredibly talented staff that they have trying to to help them in, in any way i can and, and add value to the organization moving forwards and just really soak in NBA life you know, on and off the court and see see where things go. I think, like I said earlier, it's a perfect next step in my career. Well, probably giant leap rather than next step, but very fortunate to it. I think I just look forward to soaking in that for, for the foreseeable future with some good people. Well, I for one wish you every success. I know that everyone else at Basketball England does. You'll certainly be missed uh, when I'm down at my NBL events, uh, not seeing you sat on the baseline trying to capture every shot that you can. And I, this half an hour's flown by, and I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you very much, mate. I'll be uh, 
I'll be following from overseas. You don't spend uh, over a decade involved and, and lose interest overnight. So, yeah, I'll be watching how things go forward. I'm excited for, for our programme and the sport going forward. I think there's still a ton of room for growth and there's some positive things that have been uh, implemented in the last few years that hopefully come to fruition and move the, move the sport forward in the way that everyone wants it to. Thanks for listening to the Time Out podcast. Why not give us a like and a follow on our Basketball England SoundCloud channel and let us know what you think or who you would like to hear from in a future episode.